This week's podcast brought to you by Wildfire. We got out over got out over the holiday weekend for a drive, and uh, as we passed a corner in a in a more bohemian part of New England, our nine year old said from the back of the car, "Someone's holding a sign that says." War is not the answer, and someone else is playing the bongos. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hello again. I'm sitting here with a rejuvenated Rebecca Lobo. Did I need to be rejuvenated? Am I rejuvenated? What does that even mean? Juvenated, made young, juvenile. I know know what rejuvenated means, but I didn't feel like I was, what would be the opposite of that? I didn't feel like I was worn down needing to be rejuvenated. I'm glad you didn't feel that way. Did you you feel that I was that way? No, you, you you weren't worn down. You, I have to just say, because We're we're like two gears wearing each other down, I think. Um. You're wearing shorts and a t-shirt and a um, puffy coat. On a day when it's expected to hit 90 degrees. Yeah. That's I how mean, cold our basement is. But I'm in like a sweatshirt and pants, like a normal outfit. You're in shorts, a t-shirt, and a puffy coat. You well, know, that wearing, was your best solution to warm yourself I'm up. I'm not wearing socks and I'm no. bald. So so the energy is, is leaching out of both I ends. I mean, just the notion of shorts and a puffy coat is... Interesting. But I, 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 I am warmed. I'm warmed by by my Corona beard. Are you warmed by it? I am. What's it's, been it's, the biggest? It's, it's like a it's like a, a a fur for my face. And it's have you have you enjoyed the beard? Have you noticed f- like food getting stuck in the beard? What are what are the pros and cons so far of the Corona beard? Uh, the, well, the pro, of course, is not having to shave. The con is about every three days having to break through a wall, a fiery wall of of itchiness. And burning, which I don't particularly care for. And then it goes away. Then it, it comes it, back three days later. It, it sort of does. What do you think does. is happening? A small brush fire, perhaps. <laughs> Actually, literally a brush fire. I, I've uh, you bought me a beard brush. It did. Which was mostly for comedic and ironic purposes. Just so but now like, I've, when I got I've home, I could hand you a beard brush. Yeah. Grown close to it. And uh, yesterday we we kind of uh, tidied up the beard because it was starting to resemble. The two papas, Hemingway and Smurf. You like that? <laughs> I don't know that I like it. You like it's that. accurate. Okay. Um, the late Karl Marx, I've resembled somewhat, mm-hmm. I think. Karl Reiner? Karl, not Karl Reiner, Karl Reiner, Karl Marx. No, I know. But not Groucho Marx. Which one of the Reiners is bald with a beard? Rob Reiner. Oh, Rob Reiner. Carl uh, Reiner is bald without a beard and uh, well, is in his nineties. Okay, well maybe not Carl Reiner but, and, uh, but his son. Rob Reiner, the meathead. Yes. Well, I think gambler era Kenny Rogers is what I've been going for. Okay, I'll go I'll go with that too. How long do you think you're gonna be keeping the beard? Uh I not not 
it's not a permanent it's addition a, to my face scape. Okay. Well, I think that's enough on the beard. I, I think it's more than enough. I was at the grocery today because yesterday being Memorial Day, I didn't go yesterday. So I pushed off my Monday weekly grocery shopping to Tuesday. And in a development that I don't like, our local um, stop and shop has taken the giant arrows off the floor, letting people know which direction to walk in and which how to go down the aisle. And so they replaced it by just a small, normal-sized piece of paper at the end of each aisle that says, enter here or don't enter here. But it's really not easy to see those things, especially if you're not looking for them. Why would they have done that? I don't know. But when I was there today, there was one guy in particular who was who was passing me multiple times because he was always going the wrong direction in the aisle. They need to put the the arrows, the big colorful, I think they were tape arrows back on the floor there. Does, does the grocery store now resemble the swim-up bar of a Lake of the Ozarks <laughs> pool fortunately not there's fewer people in bathing suits and everyone was wearing a mask fewer people yeah there's nobody in a bathing suit fortunately when i was there today there weren't a lot of people there but uh, everyone in a mask everyone you know being smart with their social distancing although i'll ha- I'll say this because outside connected to but outside of the stop and shop is a bottle cannon bottle return and it had been closed for the past few months and I don't know when it reopened but it is back open now and there was a line outside of there people with a couple carts full of cans and bottles who just been storing that stuff in their garage um, clearly eager to return them and uh, well because because liquor stores were open as essential businesses from day one but the can redemption centers were not so people were acquiring the cans Right. Drinking the contents of those cans and letting them pile up in the garage. Right, exactly. Um, When I I say people, I'm referring to myself. (laughs) But a a sweet thing happened. Um, I was pushing the cart out. So the last, you know, basically since quarantine started, um, when I leave the grocery, I can make it to the checkout with one cart. But when I leave the grocery store, I generally, after everything's been thrown into bags, have to push two carts out to the car, especially because I, I also go grocery shopping for my dad. Today, I did not have to go grocery shopping for my dad, and I had some fewer groceries. So I was able to leave the grocery store with only one cart. But Do you think you could handle a third cart? I, I, it would be a challenge. I, I, I got really good at two, and this is a tip for people who don't know this. It's much easier to pull two cart grocery carts full of groceries than it is to push them. Much, much easier. So once I learned that, no problem. A Especially third, since every grocery cart has a wonky wheel. Yes, yes, generally. As, as, does, as do you. <laughs> that is true, too. Um, so could I handle a third one? It would be an interesting challenge. It would depend on how heavy it is. If it had a wonky wheel, um, I think I could. So anyway, today, even though I didn't have two carts, just one cart, it was pretty full. And I did not place the gallon of milk in the appropriate spot. So as I was pushing the cart out, halfway through the parking lot, hit a little bump or something, boom, the milk fell, just exploded. The cart and opened in half. First, it exploded all over my black pants. And then the contents just was like glug, glug, glug as it rolling out. I just it, it was like the, it. the Exxon Valdez spill of, yeah. of whole milk. Yeah. And uh, 2%. And anyway, so I just kept going to the car 
and putting the groceries away. And as I was putting the groceries away, one of the people who works inside the grocery store, um, a young man, a gentleman, came out and he came over to me and he was holding the broken carton of milk. And he said, is this yours? And I thought he was going to scold me and say, like, well, haven't you thrown it away yet? Well, after I put my groceries away, I was going to throw it away. But he said, is this yours? I said, yes. And he said, would you like me to go inside and get a replacement for you? And I said, I would absolutely love that. Thank you. So he took the broken really? thing, went in to the grocery, even though it was completely my fault that this happened, got, and brought out to the car a brand new. And he said to me, is this the right kind? Is this the right? And I said, yeah, it's perfect. Thank you. So um, so how about that? So, did you tip him? What's that? I did, did not tip him. What, what would be a good tip when if, he, if he's replacing your 2% milk? No, do you tip 15%? I think the, the best tip would be, put the arrows back on the floor <laughs> but um i don't know because as as we've talked about in a previous podcast even if i had wanted to tip him i have no cash because right. i haven't been using cash and it would have been a little awkward but um but anyway how how nice was that it's ridiculously it's, nice. i mean it's ridiculously kind and thoughtful and um and one of the women who the woman today who um checked out my groceries as I was going through. Whenever I see her, I try to get in her line because she's super upbeat and pleasant. The woman who checked out my groceries? Yeah. I say that now instead of che who is checking me out because just to avoid whatever you're going to say next. And um, I don't think that helps avoid, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so she's just a super pleasant woman. Um, to paint the picture, she's probably um late-ish 50s early 60s but very vibrant and just always really pleasant and upbeat so as i'm about to unload my groceries a guy comes in and and says to her um hun can you hun <laughs> yeah hun can you change um change give me two fives for this 10 are you sure attila wasn't <laughs> Behind her, and he was calling and, Attila uh, the Hun. And she, without skipping a beat, said, um, "She said, I, I can't make change, Hun." And uh, and he said, "Oh, you can't make change here." She said, "No, Hun, they can make it over there." So she was hammering the Hun. Oh, big time! But he 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 was oblivious. Sure, he well, was oblivious. as uh, as he has been for seventy years. Forever. And so I start unloading my groceries, and um, and she just says, to, she said to me, um, "Did you catch that?" I said, "Yes, I did," but I don't think he did. It was great. So I loved my groceries. And um, she was just asking, you know, how everybody is. And um, somehow it came up that one. I, I said, how are you? How are your horses? Because I know she's talked before how she has horses on, on the farm where she lives. And she was saying how um, she had to, well, I had to call the veterinarian out last night. So the veterinarian, veterinarian came out last night and you know, the horse had a fever, so, you know, she diagnosed her, she had to give her a shot. It's like when we take Tylenol or whatever, and I, and I just said to her, I said, how do you, how did you know your horse wasn't feeling well? She said, oh, I just know all of my animals. She said, this particular horse, I forget the horse's name, but it was a very horsey name, she said, was usually in the right side of the stall, she was in the left side of the stall. And then when I fed her, I noticed she wasn't eating. She said, and then this morning when I went to the stall, or whenever she said she was laying down, so-and-so, she used her name, never lays down. Anyway, I just, and so she got the vet out and the horse is sick, but will be okay. And I just thought how sweet it is that this woman is so in tune with her animals. Like she knows which side of the stall it normally stands on her or that it never normally lays down. And so she knew something was wrong with it. But now, anyway, she's, she's a sweet, sweet, sweet woman who, um, who I always enjoy talking now to. Now I'm curious her. as to what the, 
exceptionally horsey name of the horse was. Oh my was gosh, would it have it been like names. Rider or no, Mustang? No, no. Or it was two names, and it was Wildfire. Um, no, no. See, you're going totally with the male perspective. This was a a, a female horse, and um, and it was like. Daisy May or and it's not even that I'll have to ask her again because it was just a super like the horsiest name it was the horsiest name yeah it wasn't Mr. Ed no 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 but it's funny that when I say it had a horsey name you go to a totally wildfire she ran calling wildfire (laughs) that's why anyway that that was my morning um my once a week you know taste of touch of normalcy when i uh when i go out and see other human beings and a a touch of normalcy is the name of your romance novel that you're working on also right (laughs) yeah right because that would be my genre would be a romance novel although you and i a week ago or so we went for a jog on one of the bike paths around here and they're they're they have people on them but they're typically not very busy and uh (laughs) but this was perfect you and i were jogging the one day and we ended up getting near somebody who was what are those called is that like fart licks what what was that woman doing she was yeah she was she was doing interval training she was doing interval well, yeah, it was I mean, more of an interval it was training. not this was not an olympic athlete right, right. she was jogging and then walking then right. jogging then walking so she was when we, well, actually you know, she was walking then sprinting 100 yards then walking right. yeah but so you know we but but by all means i encourage the use of the word fart lick as much right. as possible as much as possible especially talking about exercise anyway so we were jogging and um we we ended up turning at the same point she did but we turned first and we just you know the, the path can go on forever so she turns behind us and we passed her because she was in the walk portion so then we're jogging so the next thing we know she sprints past us gets past us what 50 yards and starts walking slowly so, very slowly very slowly so then we jog past her. This was a game of pandemic leapfrog. It was, it absolutely was. It was absolutely unbelievable. And I was just, we we have never, when we've been on a jog in normal times, in non-pandemic times, we've never been in this circumstance where we just keep passing the same person on a normal path or they're passing us because in the middle of this. It would be annoying enough in, in normal times. times. But especially because like every time she would pass, like you and I were turning our heads the other direction. Sometimes when bike, when cyclists pass us going the other direction, we hold our breath. Again, have no idea if that helps or not. But it's like you're doing this. We're just trying to get some exercise. We're just trying to breathe relatively normally in these in the open air, and instead we can't because we're in this game of quarantine. Would you call it quarantine leapfrog? Well, yeah, pandemic leapfrog. Pandemic leapfrog. I mean. <laughs> That's that's what, um, if the kids go back to school in the fall, that should be one of uh, the gym teacher's new games. You guys ready for some pandemic leapfrog? <laughs> well, another uh, pastime, uh, apart from pandemic leapfrog, has been panning for gold. Uh, yes, it has. Our son uh, was eager to invest in some gold panning equipment. His buddy occasionally pans for gold in our local tributaries and he got what 15 bucks worth of gold panning equipment off the internet it was ten dollars worth of gold panning equipment he really really wanted gold panning equipment (laughs) and the guy who who hosts or who's the star of the show gold rush on discovery i think it is who got our son's friend interested in the first place a guy named parker schnabel i think his name is uh, we watched a video in which he said don't invest more than ten dollars 
in your gold panning equipment, that way you have a chance of recouping your investment. Well, it was great because he said, our son told us, you know, can I get this? And he found it online, $10. And um, I said, all right, we'll, we'll get it. So I get it and or I order it. And then 10 minutes later, our son and his little sister are each handing me $5. So somehow he roped her into, it came with two plastic. Subsidizing it, yeah. Yeah, two plastic things. So he made her think that, oh, you know, if you go have these with me. I'll give you 10% of the gold. That yeah, we, exactly. So somehow. So anyway, each of them from their chore money gave me $5. It came in and um, it's provided. And and day one, I took him to the local creek yeah. where he was knee deep in water for an hour and a half. It is cold sifting, water. Sifting sand and rocks and pebbles and finding something that might glint at the bottom of the pan and putting that in a Ziploc bag. And after 90 minutes of this, and I thought, surely we can't, I can't stand another 30 seconds of this. I am not the creek freak that uh, that he evidently is. Uh, I said, have you had enough? And he said, how long have we been here? And I said, an hour and a half. And he said, really? I could do this for five more hours. Yeah. And he and we have since been back with I have taken him and his little sister to a different part of that same brook and they've panned for gold. His sister lasted a little less time, but still ended up playing in the water. We were there for a good hour. I mean, this has already provided easily ten dollars worth of entertainment for these kids. Well, and, 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 and he and our son can't wait to go back. And picture me with my white Corona beard knee deep in a creek panning for gold. I am like every hey, gold miner in 18, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I am Sparky, the, the guy in the covered wagon cooking yeah. beans on a frying pan. Well, we went there on a sunny, warm-ish day last week, and um, as they were walking upstream, they were able to find where a tree had fallen and dammed part of the creek, and so therefore it was a swimming hole, and they were having a great time swimming. So this $10 investment has been well, well worth it and will continue to be. And what I've just paused the recording because our, our daughter came to the basement and needed help doing a unscrambling a word for her schoolwork. And she showed it to you, Rebecca. After she had showed it to her siblings. You squinted at it. and could, I squinted at it for five seconds and you said, bring that over here. Bring that over here and I will unscramble it in a second. She brought it over. I looked at it. I said, the word is happiness. She thanked me. And as she was leaving, you you said to her, he can't parallel park a car, but he can do that. (laughs) Well, she asked you. She said, why? um, She said, how did you do that so quickly? And you said, that's the way my brain works. And I I threw in, yes, he can't parallel park a car, but he can unscramble a word with the best of It's true. Implying that it is more important and useful to parallel park a car than to scramble and unscramble words. Yes. But it's interesting because I would think when you're looking at those letters that there would be some sort of uh, puzzle-like mechanism in your brain that would correlate to parking a car or or packing a car, but there's not at all in your brain. Correct. Anyway. Anyway, we were talking about uh, penning for, for gold. And just to, just to uh, wrap that up, the, the cold water... Uh, the creek, uh, um, the legend that you found on the internet that there are uh, gold coins buried in that creek in 1789, 
bearing the likeness of George Washington on them and that people have found them in the 1950s and as recently as 1987, dating to a Revolutionary War era gold heist. Anyway, our daughter got out of that creek during this uh, gold rush and got into a warm tub. And she said, as she was marinating in the warm tub, she said, I can feel my hands becoming more hand-like and my feet becoming more feet-like. <laughs> She's very Dr. Seussian. Yeah, but, but it's true. I think we've all felt that as your yeah. body comes back to life right. from the cold. Right. And you said something similar. Uh, you woke up sometime in the last couple of weeks. You, you ordinarily, during normal life, set an alarm for, or your body just wakes you up at 5.30 or 6, and you go off to do God knows what, your workouts and your your uh, your little emails and things that you like to do. That's so condescending. Okay, finish your thought. Well, I mean, for somebody who doesn't like to do emails, it's, it's Those little it was meant as a shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you'd like to boast of having cleaned out the your email and having, you know, one on that I icon. haven't had one. I, 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 just, 2, I just like getting them yeah. down into double digits. Anyway, triple digits. You, woke anyway. Up, you woke up one day at like 8 a.m. Must have been a non-school day. And said, the first words out of your mouth were, and, and I felt like there was some guilt associated with it. You said, ah, oh, the amount of sleep. I've been sleeping. And I was hanging on your how the sentence was going to end. And it ended with, is a lot. <laughs> the amount of sleep I've been sleeping is a lot. It's true. I haven't slept like this since we had since we had children. We were, were because I don't have to get up at five thirty to get everything done before they're awake because we don't have to be rushing out of the door at seven a.m. or whatever it is. So I've been letting my body sleep, and um, and the amount of sleep your body has been sleeping <laughs> is, is a lot. lot. It's a lot more than I've ever slept, and I'm not used to it. It's really, uh, I mean, I'm getting close to eight hours a night. It's been glorious. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Isn't that something you would want to of retain? Yes, absolutely. But it just doesn't normally happen, and it's 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 been nice. And then you wake up, and you're like. <laughs> Your channel our nine-year-old daughter in your brain say, all right, what are we going to do today? <laughs> and then you realize, as she does, there's nothing to do. You're right. Except yeah. pan for gold. It wasn't today when I came home from the grocery. I think it might have been last week when I came home from the grocery. And um, you have been very good, and we make the kids – well, now we make the kids early on. I was the only – you and I were the only one touching the groceries. But you've been good about helping me unload the car and bring the groceries inside. And and now we also will have the kids bring a bag or two other groceries in. But then it's always left to me to unpack them, you know, put the stuff in the pantry, put the stuff in the fridge, which is fine. It's It's just kind of the way it is. Except last week. Do you week, like your drawers organized in a certain way? I do. I do. That's why I don't mind. Although last week, because you, you then typically will bring stuff down to the Where, Whereas I, 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 my drawers are disorganized. Yes, that is true too. In fact, disorganized drawers was my nickname in the Merchant Marine. <laughs> Good heavens. So I'll put this stuff that needs to go in the basement freezer on the table and you'll bring it down. And, and I think last week, as I was unpacking all this stuff and waiting for you... <laughs> to bring the frozen stuff down to the basement freezer. 
you and our son were like standing in one of the part of the kitchen and just talking gibberish and talking British no gibberish oh. and as I was getting slightly annoyed because I'm I'm unpacking all this stuff it's a couple minutes into this exercise of me unpacking stuff and you guys and I finally said said something like I'm unpacking everything can you guys help and the response was you said to me but he's teaching me Ewok Oh, that's true. He was teaching me Ewok, yes. Our son was teaching you how to speak Ewok. So all I hear is, like, give me an example. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So the two of you are doing that back and forth in one corner of the kitchen while I'm unpacking everything. And and when I finally call you on it, your explanation is, but he's teaching me Ewok. Forgive me for trying to improve myself. With a foreign language. As I put everything away. It was, and I couldn't even be mad at that point. I just started laughing because it was so freaking absurd. So this well, is this is what we're doing during quarantine. We're panning for gold. And our son is teaching and learning you a Ewok. foreign language. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, when you, when you brought the groceries home today, I continued his ongoing education in carrying in the groceries and oh, I, and I don't taking as many bags and making as few trips as possible. Yeah, so, I don't like this now because now they don't let us use the reusable bags. So you have I, to use those yeah. thin plastic right. bags. But I was proud, which but have the benefit of having handles, so you can loop them up both arms and hook your pinky around the handle of the milk jug, and. I was proud of him today because his instincts, the first thing he did when the tailgate was open on the van was he took the, the multi-pack of toilet paper and used that as a base, as a platform. And then he piled uh, 12 packs of, of uh, mineral water and stuff on that. And then It's so unnecessary. So, Our, I back into the garage. So it's a four-foot journey. It's a four-foot journey because you go from our garage to a tiny little mudroom, and then you're in the kitchen. So just make a couple extra trips and don't let the bag explode or no, don't no, make no. a mess. Because even if you carry them all in, then when you put them down on the counter or the table, some of them fall over and the contents I think, spill out. It drives, I think, it drives me nuts. I think just with, make more trips. I think with few exceptions it's that the majority of our thing. listeners. No, 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 no. The, the majority the of... Our cool listeners will will know that will agree that carrying as many bags in as few trips as possible is just the sort of natural our, way of doing it. Our male listeners may agree with you. I would imagine for many of our female listeners, it, it would also drive them nuts. I just want, I just want the groceries. I've done all this work. I've you, poor you've, guy you've ran pr- back and got a new milk. I just want them safely delivered that extra 10 feet from the car into the kitchen. That's all. Speaking of safe delivery, yesterday um, I heard uh, a, a thunderous, uh, the ground was vibrating, and uh, my heart started, I, I could feel my rib cage thrumming, and I realized there was uh, loud music coming from our driveway, and I looked out, and there was a Amazon delivery van at the top of the driveway and a door was open and there was a package in our driveway. There's a driver in a mask and he was he had the the volume up at full on the van stereo if you will. And so I went up to get the package and he looked out and said to me, "Where am I?" 
And I didn't know if he was disoriented, if he just had a, a head injury. And I said, I told him our address. And then he went back into the van and started rooting around in the back of the van. And he came back and said, looked at the package in our driver and said, that must be your package. And I looked at it, I said, yes, it is. It's got our address on it. And looking still somewhat confused, he said, then I guess that's it. What, what do you think the deal was there? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I see a van at the top of the driveway not wanting to walk down to leave it at the you know, front step or because dog. a dog. But the yeah. dog wasn't out. And I usually then go out and reassure the, the person. You know, I, I take the package and say that you know, the dog's a nice doggy. You know, um, but uh, and it may just be that these guys are delivering so many packages at, you know, brutal breakneck speed for hours on end that they become unaware, as we have, as our son said this morning, was yesterday the 25th. And I said, and I actually Googled, I was on my computer at the time, and I Googled, what is today's date? So maybe they're physically disoriented in the same way that we're kind of lost you in time and space. what is today's date? You don't I did. have a, a phone or a watch? I didn't have my phone with me, no. Do I have a watch? Yeah. It, no, but had I had a watch, why would it tell me what today's date is? Mine does. Most watches I, tell I, you the date I, right on them. What do you mean? Watches have been telling you What the do you mean? For, you, you, don't know, you don't know whether I wear a watch or not? I mean, I know you have a watch. I don't pay attention to your wrist. I'm too busy well, looking at your shorts and puffy coat. I don't know that I have a watch, but uh, but anyway, shall we uh, shall we get to viewer mail? I think first we have to remind people that it's been uh, we're in our eleventh week. We we don't we've need completed to. ten weeks. We are of, of 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 what though? Of panning for gold. Ten weeks slash ten. of how many? Oh, we don't know, right. but still we've uh, we've. Completed 10. We're in week 11. We're almost ready to get our punch card for like a free Subway sandwich. I think that we should. Now it's time for viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. Lori, a.k.a. Tough Schist, writes, I was so hoping that the episode nine of The Last Dance, when Michael Jordan's sickness at Utah was discussed, that they would include an interview with Holly Rowe. It's exciting that we as Ball and Chain listeners have the inside scoop on the story. The episode implied that it was the pizza that made him sick. I don't recall if Holly ever told us what they had both eaten. Thank you, a Tough Schist. She, said, um, she, she said it was the craft services craft table. Was not at the table. at the Delta Center or whatever they called the Utah Arena at the time? Yeah. So uh, so she also had gotten you know food poisoning, but it was hers was from something she ate in the Delta Center on the craft services table, but as they were trying to diagnose it, and it sounds like since then he's at least come to the conclusion that it was from the pizza. I remain a, a agnostic about the pizza story. I don't. I, I certainly believe that he became ill because of pizza, but the notion that five guys would deliver a poisonous pizza and then look inside to see if he was going to eat it, I can understand five guys coming to deliver the pizza to see Michael Jordan. Right. Yeah, that, that story was a little bit... A little bit wonky. It was uh, it had a wonky wheel. It did. Doesn't yes. that sound like uh, it should have been a Willy Wonka candy treat? The Willy's wonky wonk- wheel. Willy Wonka's Wonka's wonky wheels. I yeah. don't know. Let me ask you a question. If I was on the opposite side of the stall where I normally am, or if I hadn't eaten, like, do you think you or one of the kids? Do you think you would notice 
if if one of your children or if I was ill, if we couldn't like articulate that to you, like the the woman at at Sapa Shop, like her horse, like would you be able to tell if one of us was was not being ourselves? If you were on the opposite side of the stall, something yeah. would be going well, seriously wrong. Well, say I, I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent would be. If you came in and I was sleeping on your side of the bed, or who knows what the equivalent would be. But if it, something was just a little bit off, but I'd never, I but didn't, I couldn't articulate it, or a kid couldn't articulate. It, do you think you'd be able to tell easily and instantly? For you, yes. What about the children? Because you 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 adhere to a rigid path uh, on a daily basis. Nothing can deter you from your appointed rounds of filling in your calendars and replying to your emails, doing your workout, and should anything deviate from the path, I would know that something had gone terribly wrong. Uh, if, for instance, any spontaneity were built into that day's schedule, it's, I would probably it's call so overblown. But 911. what about with our children? Do you think he'd be able to tell? Uh, it might be more difficult with our children just because as kids, they're more, you know, a little weird. Okay. All right. Anyway, next viewer mail. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Anne in Minnesota. Anne writes, Hi, Steve and Rebecca. My husband and I enjoy puzzling in the winter months and even more during our stay-at-home order. Like you, we ran into a brand new puzzle that was missing a piece. Actually, not one piece, not two, not three, but four edge pieces. Wow. Four edge pieces? I decided to contact the puzzle company to see if they could send me the missing pieces or offer a refund. After a couple of emails back and forth and sending them purchase verification documentation, they informed me that they are going to be sending me a brand new 2,000-piece puzzle. Even better, they can't guarantee that it will be the same design, so here's hoping that they send me a new design and we have a brand new puzzle to complete. Now, uh, we should say that Ravensburger was kind enough to send us uh, some puzzles, including a 5,000-piece puzzle. And because that was not one that we could get to immediately, our friend Kevin, who has been puzzling like crazy, borrowed it, cleared off the dining room table because now a 5,000-piece puzzle, you can think of the surface area required to put that thing together, mm -hmm. uh, gave himself a deadline of Thanksgiving to complete it so that they could host Thanksgiving. And what, two weeks later, sent me a picture of the completed puzzle. 5,000 pieces. It, 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 was a, uh, it said it was uh, jeopardizing his marriage, but nevertheless. That would have been one where if you got near the end and there was a piece missing, you'd lose your mind. It's one thing if it's on a 1,000-piece puzzle. Well, can you imagine doing a 5,000-piece? This did not happen to, and to Kevin, but if you, doing a 5,000-piece puzzle. Oh, and when I was cleaning the dining room, which is ah. the room we've been using to puzzle, I got down on my belly and was vacuuming under a piece of furniture and I said hold on a second what is that and I pulled out a puzzle piece and it, and, and you or our son figured out which puzzle it was it to, went a, to a a scenic seaside scene in Greece fortunately you had taken a picture of all the puzzles that had a missing piece so you could just scroll through the puzzles to see what piece was missing to figure it out but um so one of the puzzle, one of the puzzle mysteries has been solved. It doesn't, it didn't solve the other four of them, but uh, the one has been solved. Well, Anne adds to her email. This goes to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. She adds, new idea for you. 
I was wondering if the Russian family has tried a paint-by-number kit. We were getting a little tired of puzzling, so we ordered two adult kits from Michael's. Adult as in the difficulty, not adult as in a nudie picture. Ha ha. <laughs> Can you imagine? Adult paint-by-number? I don't paint think you get number? that at, at uh, Michael's? Michael's anyway. But now I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> We have found them to be challenging, yet relaxing. We highly recommend it for your family. Uh, my husband is doing the lighthouse attached, and I am doing the hot air balloon. And she attaches pictures of these two things. And, and yes, in fact, our eldest daughter has done paint by number during quarantine. Never done it before quarantine. May never do it after quarantine. But she has done a couple of beautiful They're paint by really, number scenes, including, really well done. including one entirely by coincidence during uh, what would have been the week of the Masters in April. She did a painting of a scene at Augusta National, a golf scene at what is clearly Augusta National, the caddy in the white jumpsuit uh, holding the flag, and uh, and it's in my office. And I looked at it during what would have been Master's Week. So, I am. Yeah. I'll take a picture of that. I'll post that on our Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. Yeah, I mean, it, this was early in quarantine where she didn't have school for a couple of days or maybe it was the weekend or whatever and she worked on that thing for a couple days straight it was a lot of woman hours that went into that paint by number but it, yeah it turned out beautifully uh our friend mark simon official ball and chain pod statistician writes hello Rushbow. seeing the last dance and seeing a lot of emphasis on how great jordan pippen and rodman were on defense i was wondering what would the all russian and all lobo defensive teams look like if it's easier just pick your favorite two to three defensive players that you saw slash played against uh, I would certainly hate to uh, pick the, the three best defensive players that I played against. Their names might be obscure right. to uh, to all of you. Rebecca, though, um, I would just say from what I watched, I was the biggest NBA fan uh, time that I was an NBA fan was in high school and college in the 80s. Uh, I was a big 80s Celtics fan, Rebecca, as you know, as you were. And the, it seems to me the defensive stalwarts of that era the 80s and 90s early 90s were joe dumars of course who you know gained fame not only as a great now hall of fame player but as the guy who would you know the jordan rules um uh, for for shutting down jordan I mean, not that he shut down jordan but uh, dennis johnson the celts it's always a tenacious defender and michael cooper with that lakers team that was you know the 84 85 86 Celts Lakers rivalry. Those were the three players that spring to mind as great defenders. Yeah, I don't. Who 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 did you play against, Rebecca? That you hated. Uh, you know, a... the, like the the person at the Y, who's like Dennis yeah. Rodman was the person at the Y, right? Who's you know constantly overzealous, and you just want them to exude a little less energy and a little less tenacity on you. One of the best defenders. Well. Like, don't guard me from 50 feet from the basket, you know? Right. One of the best defenders I ever played against was somebody who was on my own team, so I had to play against her every day in practice, and that was Sue Wicks when I played with the New York Liberty. She she would go into a game, and we would not be pressing, and she would pick up full court, whoever had the ball. So she'd pick up whoever inbounded. They, they'd inbound it, and then she'd run to that player. This wasn't something the coaches told her to do. This was just the type of player she was. But not only had boundless energy – but she had been playing for years overseas, so she knew all of the tricks. And this used to drive me nuts. Like in a, in a scrimmage or something, I'd have perfect position to get a rebound, and I'd you know go up to get it, and she would have my arm clamped or grab onto me in a way that no coach, no referee would ever see it, 
but it would prevent you from jumping and then she could go get the rebound. And, um, and I say this with admiration because she was able to do that in games too. She was a really, really good defender, really good help defender, but she would frustrate you in all the right ways because again, you'd have perfect position, you'd make a move, you'd be in the right spot and, and she would be able to, to, to on the, the, the down low slyly prevent you from doing what you wanted to do. Teresa Weatherspoon, another one of my teammates from the Liberty, who was an amazing defensive player. She was the defensive player of the year in the WNBA, I believe the first two years of the league. And then one player who I didn't like playing against just because that you would come away from the game and I'd be more black and blue than normal was Tina Thompson, super physical, just get right into your body, beat the heck out of you. Um, you know, there are players who are, who would foul a lot, um, and maybe get away with it, but it was interesting. Um, Diana Taurasi was on a guest on Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe's Instagram live and Sue would ask, Sue asked Diana, like, you know, who are the best defenders? And it's a question that like Diana doesn't like to answer. And she said, Oh, you mean professional foulers, professional foulers. But she eventually settled on Katie Smith and what a great defender she was. But for me, in my era, Sue Wicks was a great defender. And again, Tina Thompson just would crush you and then come down and drain a really deep three on you as well. And then, and then uh, uh, Mark Simon didn't ask this, but where would you rank Mark Simon among your favorite Simons? Uh, I'd have Neil, Paul, and Carly in the mix somewhere. But, would you have Cowell in the mix anyway? Well, I'm, I'm just going surnames at this point. What about Cowell says? Would, among my favorites, absolutely not. Says, the guy from the Chipmunks, all that. But I'm talking about surnames. So give them to me again. We've got Mark, of course. Neil Simon. Neil. The great playwright. Yeah. The odd couple. Of course. Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Carly Simon. Carly Simon. Mark Simon. I want you to think about it. Don't answer this week. Yeah, we can't answer this week. That's going to take some serious deliberating. Gail writes, uh, I'd like to say thanks to Rebecca for inspiring me to try a few new recipes. For the first month of the pandemic, I was not trying any new recipes. Making through each day was the name. Making it through each day was the name of the game. Then I heard Rebecca mention how she had been trying new recipes, and I thought she has twice the number of children I do. I have no excuses. I thought I would share the links to the recipes that I have found. Thanks to Rebecca's encouragement, I hope your crew has been keeping safe and sane and eating well during this unexpected time at home. Thank you, Gail. Uh, just I'll give you a, a quick few of these many wonderful links. And um, the first one says, "My husband and I love this." My kids said it. "Quote wasn't their favorite." You've heard these. Oh. You've heard these euphemisms. But they also, yes. but they ate it, so I call it a win. And that is, uh, that is a Vietnamese style meatballs with chili sauce. Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds very interesting. Uh, my kids had seconds of this. Uh, Jason and I thought it could have used more spice, but then, then the kids probably wouldn't have loved it. That's a, pr- a problem we have, of course. And that is slow cooker chicken tikka masala. Now we love takeout chicken tikka masala, I, but and no, we could never, we could never. Yes, you I made, made it. You made, I made it. Yes, slow cooker yes. chicken tikka masala. And what was the one, the one criticism? It was a little too spicy. Yes, that's, that's true. what our kids said. So that's one of the things I've tried during quarantine, and and I haven't made it again, but we will, and I'll just adjust the spice. Well, anyway, these are there's some great. Uh, well, great that's one here. of the things I have to do today because it's blueberry season. So it was at the grocery store. I was like, buy two pints, get a third free or something. So I got blueberries, forgetting that we already had blueberries from last week, and they're really good, big, sweet blueberries. So I washed a bunch of blueberries that are sitting in the sink right now, and 
when we're done with the podcast, one of the things I will do this afternoon is Google some blueberry recipes using blueberries because I've already done the muffins and only one of our kids really likes blueberry muffins. You don't like blueberry pie, which I don't understand. Blueberry pie is I don't. Delicious. I don't like, I don't, I, I, the only but, fruit pie that one should ever make, or at least serve to me, is apple pie. Oh, but blueberry pie is so good. I don't know. I like blueberry pie. Anyway, I'm going to figure out some way to use these blueberries and maybe blueberry buckle. Would you like blueberry crisp? Blueberry buckle. What is buckle again? It's similar to blueberry crisp. It's all the same stuff, just served in a different way, right? Yeah. Like you like apple crisp. Do you think you would like blueberry I think it's crisp? the blueberries that are really the, the my concern. It's like when you bite into a cookie that you think is chocolate chip, but it turns out to be raisin. You know? Like so if that's I see the, the problem? Is that you think they look a little too much like chocolate chips no, no, when no, they're no. in food? No, 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 no. I, I, if I see a pie, oh, I'd love to have a piece of that pie. It's blueberry. Oh, I thought it was apple. I'm good. That's my thing. Okay. Tanya writes, uh, foodstuffs appears to be a word, at least according to the Smithsonian. And she uh, encloses a two, attaches two published examples of the word foodstuffs. I, I agree that foodstuffs is a word. I just don't think it's a very good word. I just, it's not a word that I, like blueberries, that I, that I particularly like. I mean, that's just such a you statement. I agree that it's a word. It's just not a good word. Like, these are how our conversations sometimes go in the house i'll prove a point well i agree that it's whatever it's just not a good whatever so anyway foodstuffs is a great word it's an interesting word it's a word full of stuff absolutely and i think we should leave it at that um we have two emails here uh from two different uh, viewers asking how they can get signed copies of knights in white castle that's well perfect send an email easy to do ball and chain pod at gmail.com and, uh, and i will figure it out. well they, they have sent emails so you, to me but you will respond i will respond to them and tell them how to do that signed any, copy exactly so john thank you for that uh thank you for reading he just finished steve's 34 ton bat and among the many things that jogged his memory this was john was your story of driving to the coopers to cooperstown with your dad uh, a friend of mine and i Drove there a few years ago with our 90-year-old dads, and it was a wonderful trip for all of us. It rekindled so many memories and created a few more. Uh, I've been a big baseball fan all my life, following my beloved Red Sox from the exhilaration of 67 to the joyful almost of 75, the pain of 78, the devastation of 86 and 03, and finally the redemption of 04 and beyond. I should say the, the uh, exhilaration of 67 uh, for Minnesota. The Twins were in Boston to uh, play two games at the end of 67. They just needed to win one to... Uh, to win the pennant and the Red Sox won both of those and and won the pennant um but anyway uh we're, I'm missing baseball Rebecca I don't know that you're missing baseball but well, I'm gonna um, throw in here because today is actually the day that WNBA rosters have to be down to 12 the WNBA is going to start paying players on June 1st and the problem with the rosters have, have having to be cut to 12 by today which is the 26th of May is that there was no training camp for players to try to win spots. So a bunch of players who were drafted in the second or third round and may have had a real shot to make a team if they had beaten somebody else out in camp, never get that opportunity. They drafted, never touch foot in a camp and have already been cut. And um, I completely applaud the WNBA for you know continuing to pay the players. You know, they're gonna start their salaries June 1st and, and these players who were cut 
um, will keep their health insurance through the end of June. But it's just sad for these young women who have dreamed of being on a team or at least being in a camp. Many of them, you know, sometimes players have remarkable training camps and they work their way onto a roster. And um, that's not going to happen for a lot of uh, a lot of young women. And the roster cuts were made today. So I'm feeling for those players. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Well, we hope everybody stays or gets well. Wear masks. It's not that hard. I think you're preaching to the choir. I know. I mean, right now. I mean, all the time, even when you're inside. You're just, you're just, just referring to me. Beard. You're just yes. referring to me specifically. I'm just talking specifically to you. Cover that beard. Wear just cover my face. I got you. And, uh, Fair enough. Tom, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Dick, Harry. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fat. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.